0: This is Godliness with Contentment, Episode 52. My name is Kino Hanna, and I'm here to have a conversation about how to win with money from the Bible's perspective. I believe, and I've been saying it, that it is possible for people of faith to reach financial independence. You can expect one episode from me per week. During those times, I want to help myself and you to see what the Bible has to say about handling money, wealth, God's way. I'm currently on a journey through the Bible and have been looking at wealthy people who are people of God. So past few episodes, we've been in in the uh, New Testament and we'll continue that. But I have to pause uh, at this point or today to reflect on what's happened over the past year. So this is my 52nd episode and roughly I've been doing one per week, which would mean for me that this has been like a year's worth of podcast episodes. And in itself, to me, that speaks volumes, not about who I am, no, but about the God that I serve that he has allowed me to do this 52 times, that he's given me the strength (laughs) to do this 52 times, and that he's given me the passion to do this 52 times, where the passion to help people, the passion to remind myself about where I need to be and what I need to be doing. And so I am totally grateful to God for each of these 52 And a year, right, a year's worth of constantly coming week after week, sometimes not when I'm supposed to do it, but getting it done. There's some consistency there. There's a lot more I need to grow and change, but God has been good. So one of the things I want to talk about today, and this is going to be a brief uh, episode, at least I think so, is the fact that sometimes we need to take a look back. Right. So I'm, I'm talking about 52 episodes, the past year, God's kept me and the things that I've learned over that past year. So sometimes we need to take a pause to reflect. And so I want to encourage you guys to pay attention because I think these things are key for us. We need to pause to reflect. And I think then we need to take a look upwards. Right. Always remember where our strength comes from, that it comes from God And then we need to be able to look ahead, right? Now I know, you know, tomorrow's not promised. In fact, the next minute is not promised either. But looking ahead, trusting God that our plan is to do what we believe God is telling us to do. And there's a lot of that we don't know. But as we make moves that some doors God will say no to, and some other doors, He'll allow it to be open for us. He'll say yes to. So these are some of the things that I've personally been learning and talking about over the past months and the past year. But making sure that I keep aligning myself or realigning myself really, right? Because go off track quite a bit. Realigning myself with what I believe the scriptures are saying to me and um, trying to understand that more and more. So... A few months ago, I had a chance to talk about, uh, the prophet Elijah, not on any of the episodes, but, um, a message that I had done in uh, my local congregation and Elijah needed some time, right? He needed some time. He needed a breast. He needed a break from everything and his life was in danger. Uh, he ran, uh, from, uh, Jezebel, Ahab, and then he got some time with God. And during that time with God, I believe God was encouraging him, telling him, you need some rest. He got the rest. But then after that rest, God gives him some new instructions. God tells Elijah what to do, right, going forward. So a couple of things that he tells him. Um, In fact, if you have your Bible, you can turn there 1 Kings 19 verses 15 to 17, and I'll read it uh, for those who don't have the Bible, but it's always great to have your Bible nearby. So 1 Kings 19, 15 to 17. So this is after, you know, he flees from Jezebel and God takes care of him. Um, The angel is feeding him and all kinds of great stuff. He goes... Um, spends a night in a cave, and God comes to him. And then, towards the end of that time, the end of chapter 19 almost, before the call of Elisha, verse 15. Sorry if I'm rambling. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, um, or Hazael, depending on how you pronounce that, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu son of Nimshi king over Israel and anoint Elisha son of Shaphat from abel Mahola to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Hazael and Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve seven thousand in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him so god gives some new instructions some marching orders to elijah after the time of rest go back the way you came is what god told him he tells him anoint Hazael and jehu and elisha the truth was there was more work to do the rest that time that he had that break did not mean the mission was over it was a much needed break so Elijah could continue the mission. And sometimes that's exactly what we need. We need a much needed break to continue the mission, a time to look back, a time to look up, and a time to look ahead. Elijah needed that, and God made sure that Elijah got that time. And so for me, times like a year, right? A year gone by, Times like half a year or or a quarter of a year, we need to put in place in our lives times where we reflect, right? Where we pause and not just keep living the way we have been living or keep doing stuff the way we have been doing stuff. But pausing every now and then, right? Some kind of schedule where we can do this, where we can rest, where we can reflect, look back, um, look towards God more than anything else, and then look ahead to going and continuing the mission. But Elijah needed rest. He needed to catch himself. He needed to be refreshed by God. And then he needed to look ahead and do what God told him to do after the rest. He needed rest for a few things. One thing, He needed rest to overcome discouragement. Elijah was discouraged, right? The amazing things that God had done in and through him, and yet the people, and even like Ahab and Jezebel, they were still wicked, right? Their hearts were still inclined on evil. And so even though God was doing amazing things um, with Elijah, Right, And if you read uh, 1 Kings 18, for example, you'll see the amazing things that happened there. And even into uh, chapter 19, that Elijah was discouraged. People were not changing. He meets Obadiah earlier, right, in chapter 18. And Obadiah told him about how he had hidden 100 prophets in two caves. But Elijah felt like he was the only one out there He was the only one doing God's will. He escapes. um, He goes into the wilderness, right? In in previous verses in chapter 19, he prays to die. This is what the prophet does. He prays to die. And later in his encounter with God, God told him that there were 7,000. Right. Which could have been a bigger number. Right. Maybe this was just a representative number. But there were people in Israel who were not Baal worshippers. Right. And so God wanted to encourage Elijah with you're not the only one. There are other people doing it. Right. Elijah needed rest to be encouraged. He was doing his best for God. But discouragement set in with him and God encourages him. But when we reach these times, right, a quarter, a half, or a whole year, and we're grateful, right, that God has brought us here, I think also we need to be careful about discouragement. Discouragement Discouragement's real, right? And so there's certain times or certain things, goals, for example, we can look back and say, boy, this didn't happen. That didn't happen. We could get discouraged. Even in, you know, I'm just talking about Elijah and, you know, the things of God, but even when it comes down to money, right? We can look at our money goals over the past year and look look back and feel like, ah, it has been, it's been a terrible time. The things that I set out to do, I have not done. But the truth is, there are times when things come in the way, right? Life happens. And so you have to then, um, change what you are going to do because life comes and you have to meet life and you have to spend money in certain ways. And so you can't save as much and all kinds of stuff happens. And so this is not a time to beat yourself up, right? When I say this is not a time, well, for me one year, but for you, maybe it's a quarter or a half. Take those times, those are not beating up times, but those are times where you realign yourself and you say, Hey, This is what I'm supposed to be doing with money. I know that it didn't work out, or perhaps it did work out, right? Why am I thinking about discouragement? Maybe you are super encouraged that it did work out, but there's a time to realign, reassess, and then go forward. So, But at this point, I wanna tell you some stuff that didn't happen last year, but over many years in my life, things that I had wrong, about money, right? There were tons of them. In fact, I think almost everything, my mindset was just totally wrong about money. You know, I've been a Christian for a number of years, um, like 30 years, right? So it's a very long time. And I think during that time, one of the things I think I got right was I gave my contribution, right? I gave my tithe. It was you know, um, more than a tenth. You know, I was always shot to do that, whether I was single or married. My wife and I, at this point, um, you know, been married for going on 23 years. We have always given more than that, right? So I would think that's one of the things I've done, right? But some people may come and say, well, Kino, what about this and that? And so maybe my tithe or my, my giving needed to be more sacrificial, right? So there's always room there to improve, and change. But I think some of the big things I knew I had wrong was that I used to be afraid of money. You know, I think I mentioned that in one of my most recent podcasts. And because I was afraid of money, not not wanting to be sucked into it and the deceitfulness of wealth and all that kind of stuff, my fear made me at times not work hard, right? Not study as hard or not go after being promoted or because I didn't want more money, right? More money to me sounded like more trouble, right? And then God had given me the ability to produce wealth, which is one of my you know favorite passages now, Deuteronomy 8 and 18. but I wasn't using those, those abilities, sorry, to produce wealth. right? He's given me skills and talents and, and passion, etc. but I wasn't using it to produce wealth, right? In some cases, I was just sitting on my hands, right? Which is unfortunate. I mean, thank God that's not the case now and I'm going after learning how to use what he's given me more and more. I think another area was that I was in debt, but I didn't care much about getting out of debt, right? So these are some of the things that I had wrong about money because I didn't, I wasn't working hard, I wasn't using my my skills, to produce wealth, I was in debt. I wasn't really trying to get out of it, right? That was just a bad state that I was in. I had a don't-care attitude about money. And then I wasn't saving for for my children, right? I didn't have uh, an emergency fund, or we didn't have an emergency fund. So if something happened, it was, you know, whatever the next paycheck was would handle it. We didn't have anything put aside. And then in terms of generosity... I think some of the things that I've been labeled as over the years, one of them is cheap, right? Not necessarily stingy, but, you know, the wife would say sometimes I was cheap. Um, I disagree with her, but anyway. But then there's the selfishness as well that fights against the generosity. So all these things were things that my mind was not right about money. when I say right about money, I mean as far as what the Bible says about it. So when you think about what you're doing with money, what do you need to brush up on? What do you need to change? You know, I had a conversation with someone recently and I was told by this person that I should spend my money and not hoard it. That was interesting. I didn't know I was hoarding, but anyway, that I shouldn't leave any money for my children, that I needed to enjoy it now and and help people now. And the truth is, I believe I am enjoying and spending some and I am helping people with some, but I know that I also need to save some for later. And how do I know this? Well, the Bible tells me Proverbs 13 and 22, it talks there about a good man leaves inheritance for his children's children. And so, you know, I, I listened to what this person said. And yet more importantly, I know what the Bible says. Right now, I could do what people tell me to do, or I could do what the Bible says. I could even do what I think I should do, but I need to do what the Bible says. And so, when it comes to money, that's my decision. Right? Um, I choose to do what the Bible says. For so many years, for most of my life, I did not do what the Bible says about money. But you know, the past four years and going forward, that's my plan but also means that I have to keep assessing, right? On on those regular times and and keep shifting where I need to shift. Your money mindset or your money moves should be based on the Bible and not people. And sometimes we need to pause. We need to stop, assess, and make sure we realign with the Bible. We must take our instructions from God not man, our instructions about our life, right? In general, and then even specifically about money. Well, guys, I wanna thank you so much for being with me through these 52 episodes. I know maybe you just joined and maybe this is the first time you're listening to anything I have to say, or maybe this is the 10th time, but I appreciate the fact that you've uh, listened to me and, um I want you to join me next time. And I guess it'll be my 53rd episode, which will be amazing, right? That God has allowed me to continue to do this. But this is all I have for you today. Uh, I encourage you to uh, join me next time. Like I just said, we're going to look at some more wealthy people in New Testament. I just wanted to pause today to reflect, right? And, and get our, our brain wheels moving, so to speak but also invite your friends and family to listen to the podcast. Tell them search for golliness with contentment wherever they listen to podcasts. This is Kino Hannah signing off saying Check you later.